started on the review of yesterday's daf. We are starting at the top of the page on daf Yud Gimel. Amud Aleph for the review. We'll have a mind for Shalema to all who need it. Um, Ranya Basara, Hadassah Basranya, Imi Basdvora, and uh, also Lilu Nishmas, uh, whoever. Okay, I'm not able to remember anymore. Okay, so we started off talking about the, the different layers of the Rakia of the heavens. And the Rav Achim says that besides for the seven that were mentioned, there's an additional one that's above the heads of the Chayos. And is a Pasuk, it indicates that. The Pasuk says, in his Pasuk in Yecheskel, Dumus al-Rashi ha-Chayo Rakia, ke'ein ha-Kerach ha-Noira nati al-Rashim Like this awesome ice. Anyway, it's another layer. Okay. Now, so this is our limits. Beyond these, Rikiyas is not able to, we don't have a right to think about or to focus on, but uh, plenty, there's plenty what to contemplate within these seven he- uh, heavens, and uh, there's plenty lessons in there probably and all kinds of things that we can discover, but not beyond that. And that's the idea. Muflam what you have permission contemplate and but what's hidden we'd have you don't have any business with what's hidden away from you now the price says Rabbi Yechim says what was the response that the Baskal said to that Russia when he said I'm going to climb up to the clouds on heaven and I'm going to go fight God in his turf so the heavenly voice said what kind of foolish uh, foolishness that is uh, you're like a Russia, Ben Russia, meaning you take after Nimrod of Russia, who rebelled against God in his kingdom, in his kingship. How long do you think a man lives? 70 years? 80 years if he's strong? Now, how far do you think it is just to the first firmament? To the first firmament is a distance of 500 years travel. The thickness of that first firmament is another 500 years travel. Then between each and every firmament, and the thickness of each firmament is also 500. Then you get to the, after the seven layers, you get into the Chayos HaKodesh. Just the feet of the Chayos is the same as all the other firmaments put together and spaces between them. And then you got the ankles, which is equivalent to all that. Then you got the lower parts of the legs is equivalent to all that. Then the knees is equivalent to all that. And then the thighs is equivalent to all that that's before it, so it keeps growing in distance exponentially, and the, uh, the body is opposite all that, the neck is opposite all that, and the head is opposite all that, and then the horns of the chayos, like apparently they have horns, is, is opposite all that. Above that is the throne of glory. The throne of glory has its feet. The feet is the same size as everything before it, and then the throne of glory is itself uh, the same size as everything before it. So, and you're telling me, and on top of that is where Hashem sits, and you're going to go travel there? You know, you're just going to go to the bottom of the depths, and that was the response. Next we talked about is the Maisa Merkava, that Maisa Merkava is not even told to an individual. But Rabbi learns, but what you could give over is what's called the Rashi Prakim, the chapter heads, just the very, very basics, basics. Now, Reb says, you don't give it to somebody unless he is both an Av Bezdin, which means that he's knowledgeable in Torah, 
and also he has to be have a certain level of or so the first version is the abezin and somebody who is dog bikirbo. And uh, the other version is that it has, it's both things together. Dog bikirbo, leave dog bikirbo means that he's somebody who never allows himself to get to frivolity. Okay. Um, Rav Ami says you don't give it to somebody unless he has these five qualities, which we will explain finally in today's daf. They are called the Sar Hamishim. They're not so ipanim, they're yoits, they're chacham, they're harshim, and navon and lachash. Navon lachash. Now, Rav Ami says that you don't give Dibre Torah to Goyim. As the Pazuk says, Rabbi Yechonin says to Rabbi Lazar, let me teach you Maizim Rekava. And he said, I'm not old enough. So when he got older, Rabbi Yechonin had passed away. Then Rav Asi wanted to teach Rabbi Lazar, and he said, had if I'd been meritorious to actually learn Maizim Rekava, I would have learned it from your Rebbe, Rabbi Yechonin. The fact that I wasn't Zoha, I wasn't Zoha. Rav Yosef was learned in Maisim Rekava, but the, and the elders of Pambatisa were learned in Maisim Breshis. So they asked him, teach us the Maisim Rekava. And he said to them, teach me Maisim Breshis. So they taught him Maisim Breshis. And then after they taught him Maisim Breshis, so he says, okay, we're ready for you to teach us Maisim Rekava. So he says, oh, it says in the Pasuk, Dvash V'chol Tach the honey and, and milk under your tongue, things that are sweet as honey, and milk should stay under your tongue and don't share it with others. Rebbe <laughs> brought another pasuk that says, which is things that are like the oven, the furnace of the world, should stay under your clothes, under your cloak, under wraps, basically, and not shared. So they said, but look, it's not like we didn't learn anything in it. We are knowledgeable up until the pasuk of Ayomer Eli Ben Adam. So he says, oh, you know already that part? That's exactly my Merkava. So then, don't worry, you, you're, you, got, you got what you need to know. Now, so the Gemara asked the question, really, how far is in the Psukim, the explanation, the elucidation of the verses in Yechezkel, how far is considered the Maisa Merkava? So Rabbi says that it's until the word Va'era, the second time around. Uh, Rabbi Yitzchak says, until the word Chashmal. Um, so, what's the answer? Which is it? So the Gemara says, Tilva era you teach outright. After that, you only you never you don't explain more than that. You just give the basic details. Do you have a question? Fifteen seconds answer. Yeah. What's the Merkava? Merkava is the vision of Yechesko, and it's the explanation of what it's all about. And basically, it's the, it's the deepest section of Kabbalistic thought. Okay? That's basically what it is, in short. Okay? It's a transportation? It's a, no, the Merkava is a description of what Yechezkel saw in Hashem's, so to speak, in heaven. And it's a description of all the angels and the various parts and, 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 of, of all the things that go on in heaven. Um, in God's running the world, and that's the that's what the Merkava is basically. Because we learn that we now we understand that there are seven heavens. That's that's related to the other part. The seven heavens is all related to the the creation, my uh-huh. And this is really more moving so on to Merkava. Yeah, rather the layout with all the angels, with uh, what's going on in heaven. That's a little bit different in this. Right. In this, that's basically. And again, it's just it's 
Right, and it's elucidating the verses in Yechezkel that talk about it. Right away in the beginning of Yechezkel. Okay. After, so, others say that, uh, you, that it's the other way around, that, up, or that, it's, that it's even less than that. Until the words Va'era, the second Va'era, you can give only the head of the chapters. You don't explain it outright. Beyond yeah. that, if he's a Chacham and understands on his own, then he'll continue. If not, then, then not. Which basically says, once you give the basic gist of the way things are, if the person is smart enough, you'll be able to get, you know, get the, on his own, be able to continue. Now, are you allowed to explain the word, what, what's going on with that section where it uses the word Hashmau? There was a child who was learning it, and a fire came out and literally burnt him alive. So the Gemara says that the child is different because he was too young and therefore it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing to start learning it and he achieved too high of a level for such a young age. Rav Yehuda says that the Hananim and Chizki should be remembered for good because if not for him, we would have lost the Sefer Yechezkel. Why? Because there's a lot of parts of Yechezkel towards the end that seem to counter what's written in the Torah what, as we know the Torah. So what he did was he brought up a bunch of oil so kept the lamp lights on, and they, and they sat in a room in this upstairs, and they darshaned the entire Sefer Yecheskel with clarifications and explanations so that it's not shouldn't be a contradiction to the Torah. Now the story goes is that there was this young child that was reading in the house of his Rebbe, Sefer Yecheskel, and he understood what he was reading about the, what it, whatever this chashmal is, and a fire came out and burnt him. And they wanted to, therefore, say, oh, we can't just leave a Sefer Cheskel around because it's so dangerous. So Hanayin ben said, just because he's such a Chacham that he was actually able to achieve levels of understanding doesn't mean everybody else is. So what, that's the story. Now, what is the meaning of this word, Chashmah? So Rav Yudah says, it's these Chayos of Eish, these be- beings, fiery beasts, basically, that are memalalos, that when they're speaking, the fire comes out from them. Okay, in a brisa, um, we learn that uh, they sometimes are quiet. The chashmal, chash means quiet, and sometimes talking. When Hashem speaks, they're quiet. When Hashem stops speaking, then they talk. Um, they are rotzo v'shov. What is rotzo v'shov? Like the Mari Bezek. So rotzo v'shov is like pulsating, going forward and backwards. It's like a fire that comes out, the light that comes out from a from a furnace, like you see a radiating. Okay, and Mario Bezek, what is that? That's like the light that's coming out from between. They used to have these pottery shards that would cover up the fire and then only allow a little bit come up from in between the cracks. And that would be extra, extra hot because it's like compounding the heat. And that heat would be used in the in purifying of the gold. Um, and that's, uh, that's the, what that looks like. That's what Mario Bezek is. And then he saw there was a Ruach Sa'ara coming from the north a huge cloud with fire in it, and it was lit up on the sides, it was glowing, and, um, and there was a chashmal inside the fire. Now, the question is, where was this cloud going? And the answer is, it was going to conquer the entire world under Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Why is this doing that? Uh, what is the goal of that? The answer is, is because being that uh, Nebuchadnezzar was decreed to conquer Eretz Yisrael, so it would be a bit embarrassment to the Jewish people if they were conquered by a by minor, minor uh, country. So therefore, 
It made him to be a ruler of the whole world, so this way it's not an embarrassment. And that's what Hashem is basically saying, is that, uh, that I'm serving, so to speak, such a rasha, an idolater, to make him successful only because of my, the sins of the Jewish people, that, that, you know, that that's, the, that's why this is happening. Now, Rabbi Lazar says, is when, hey, there's, a, there's a, another pasuk, it says, so what is this talking about? So Rabbi Lazar explains that there's a certain angel that stands on the ground, and the head is all the way by the chayos, and in, we, in the Bryce it tells us his name was Sandalfon, and who's taller, 500 years distance than all of his fellow angels. Very, very tall. And it's behind the Merkava, and he ties crowns to God. And uh, so the Gemara says, but no, nothing is near God's domain. So the Gemara says, you're right. Um, no, but uh, what he does is he writes uh, Hashem's name on the crown, and then the crown flies up to God, so to speak, to rest on God's head. Whatever this, again, these are obviously spiritual concepts. They're not physical, but uh, there's deeper meanings in it. Now, uh, Rava says, anybody, any, all that Yechezkel saw was also seen by Yeshaya as well. It's exactly the same vision. But Yechezkel is like the vis- villager who saw a king, and he's impressed by all the details. And that's why he's so much more detailed. And Yeshaya was uh, Ben Krakel, a city man who went to see the king. Who, to him, it, just being in the capital was not as big of a deal, basically. Now, Rishlakish says, when it says, Ashira Lashem Ki that's a reference to the misgayal game. God is above the, the, the very the heads. And that's referencing that in the throne of glory, there's the leaders of each of the types of species. So you have the king of all the animals, and that was the, uh, the bull. Of, oh, no, I'm sorry. The king of the wild animals is the lion. The king of the domesticated animals is the bull. The king of the birds is the, is the eagle. And then there's man who is above all of those. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is above all of those. Okay? Now, um, so the question is, is that we have a little bit of a contradiction. In one place, it says that the four faces are man, lion, um, uh, bull, and, uh, and eagle. And then another place, it's, it's, it takes out the bull and puts in a kruv, a, a, a cherub. So what's the deal with that? I uh, left out the bull. So that's the story that Rishakish explains that Yechezkel actually asked that the, sh- the face of the bull be removed from the throne of glory because since Klal Yisrael worshipped the Egel, so therefore it's Kitegar Yasasenegar, and therefore it's not appropriate. And that's, uh, and that's the, and therefore, therefore it's not going to be, so to speak, uh, appropriate to find favor in Hashem's eyes with the bull, and therefore it switched to a kruv. What is a kruv? It's like a young child. And the question is, I thought it says that it says a man's face, and this is, is a kruv's face. It can't be the same as a man. The answer is it's a face of an adult man and a face of a young child. That's the thing. Now, we mentioned that these angels have six wings in one place, and the other place it sounds like they have only four wings. So which is it, six wings or four wings? So the more explains that during the base of Mikdash's time, there were six and then when the base of English was lost, so then we're missing one set of wings. Now, the question is, which set is missing? So we have two shitas. We have Rav Hanano in the name of Rav. It says the ones that were used to say Shira, that's what went missing. 
and uh, the other uh, <coughs> Rabbanon argue, and they said that it's the the one that covered the feet, because otherwise, how did they know what's written in what what's that? What how did they know about of that and what the feet looked like? How did Yechazkel, who was there at the after the destruction, um, how did he see the 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 feet? Um, the, so the Gemara says maybe it got uncovered a little bit. So because by the faces it definitely got uncovered. So the Gemara because they said he had the face of man. Obviously he saw their faces. So the Gemara says it's very big difference because the face should be uncovered when they're talking to God. They should not keep their face covered. It's not appropriate. But by the by the feet, why would they ever uncover that? Unless they, those wings were gone. Okay. Now, we have a contradiction. In one place it sounds like that it's a thousand thousand, meaning a million that are serving God of angels. And then it, it, there's tens, uh, 10,000 times 10,000 that are standing before God. And the other passage sounds like that there's no amount to the, the, the troops of angels that are with God. So what's the answer? So the Gemara answers that that's true when the base of the Migdash was around. But that there's no number. But once the Mishmash was destroyed, it's like there's a, the, the entourage with God is, so to speak, lessened. And there's limits. Now, there's another shot that uh, Rabbi says in the name of Abi Yosef ben Desai that there's a thousand that are serving per, per troop. But how many troops there were, well, a thousand, thousand per troop, but how many troops? There was no number, the, the amount of troops. Uh, then we explain that there's this thousand, thousand is for the river Dinar. What is the river Dinar? It's this river that comes from the sweat of the Chayos and it spills, where does it pour out to? The heads of the Rishon in Gehenim. And we quote a puzzle to that effect. And the Ravach Rehaqov explained is a puzzle Allah Sher Komto, which is this, uh, who are these? These are the generations, basically, the Torah was supposed to have been given. Um, at a thousand, after a thousand generations of man, but God realized that the world can't exist without the Torah, so therefore we got the Torah only after 26 generations. So the missing 974 generations um, were bad people, so God like withheld them in the beginning, and he put them in and planted them in each generation, and that's what it is. Those are the, the very brazen people of each generation, the chutzpinyaks, they're coming from that generation. That's the, where we left off yesterday, and we'll continue from here for today's time.